Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, November 27th. This is episode 181. I am Tony. I'm Dennis. And oh, we have a lot of exciting stuff to go through today. Actually, no, it's a I think it's a modest episode. I don't but, think there's a ton. But well balanced. I feel we have about the same. I mean, we'll see how it goes once we once we record. But as I like to do at the start of these shows, thanking the latest Patreon members, or you can go to uh, patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers and support us via Patreon. We have one new member at the intermediate tier, Frank. So welcome, Frank, to the Patreon. Welcome. And I guess now let's go ahead and do introductions. So you've had, I see, I see notes here. You've I've had, had notes. Stu- I've got got some stuff. Nothing, nothing major. <laughs> nothing, nothing huge you happened. got like six sub bullets. I know, but they're minor sub bullets. Uh, there's been like my whole family has been sick through Thanksgiving break. So we've done like <laughs> nothing family oriented and we haven't, we didn't, we didn't do any of the family stuff. So, uh, my whole family break has been just randomized weirdness. Like I binge watched, uh, I spent a day binge watching wristwatch revival videos. Oh yeah. He's, he's good. I, He's a he does something in magic, like he's a judge in Magic the Gathering. Yeah, I, I've seen that he's got Magic the Gathering mats on his desk. Yeah, I, I looked up somewhere uh, where he came up elsewhere, and they're like, "Oh yeah, no, he's like a he's really well known in Magic. He's a huh. so he's a, oh he's a commentator. That's what he is. He's ah. a, he he casts a lot of Magic tar- like he's a color yeah. commentary or or play by play. I don't know which, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a, and watches are just his hobby, but he's very good at it. Yeah, makes me feel like a granted he puts a lot more time in than I do. But yeah, I was watching. It's one of those things I know I couldn't do. My eyesight is not good enough to be able to manage. I'd have to have like the 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 twelve layers of mm. loops in front of my eyes. I know that for a fact. Um, I also uh, finished Wolves of the Kala. I'm moving on to. Uh, Song of Susanna. So oh, those are Dark Tower books. Yeah. yeah, of the Dark Tower books that I've been working my way through. Um, I, 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 I between being sick because I was sick on Tuesday mm. and still feeling a little off on Wednesday and started getting better. I've done like no 5K prep this week. I've done. I mean, my 5K. I haven't really been talking about it because I've literally been going to the gym and using like a uh, elliptical machine mm. because it's super low impact because my ankles and hip have been bothering me so bad for the last like two months. So I've been doing the more low impact versions of things. Uh, so I haven't had any real fun stories. Nobody wants the fun story of I watched Stargate SG one while going on an elliptical. Dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. It, it, it's just not that interesting. Uh, but otherwise not a whole lot. Well, I did play in a pinball tournament last weekend. You did very well. I did all right. You did very well. It finished, it looked like about like 10 till 10 p.m. Because I did not stay around. Yeah. Uh, Which is good because I took uh, seventh. I tied for seventh. And gosh, it just, this is what happens when you put Toy Story 4 in a tournament. Yeah. We, We ended up with, it was, Toy Story 4 was the game that stretched everything out. Uh, I ended up I ended up with taking second place, which is my best ever finish at that tournament. It's actually my best ever finish at any tournament. Now that was I it? I couldn't it. remember. I know you've been top three at I've four been top three. Before. I've been top three before, but I've not been two. I w- I've been third before. I've been mm. fourth multiple times, but the, this is the I think second might be my best finish ever. It's all that Nubs Pub training. It's all, yeah, it's all the Nubs Pub training we did. But it was it was we it, it was a really good time. Uh, it stretched out because it was going into. The final round, 
we were running. It was a four strike uh, version is that we were doing uh, going into it. The final round, the final three, uh, uh, two of us had three strikes and one had two. And uh, we were both above him. So we had to do another round of three because mm. he just equalized, equalized right. us out. Uh, I, I had a couple games that I got lucky and like just really popped off on throughout the night. Um, like, uh, infinity quest, Avengers, infinity quest. I, I, I had a good ah. pop off on Avengers infinity quest that got me through. I also had a, uh, very lucky ball five on jungle queen. Mm. Uh, I, I earned 50,000 points yeah, on ball huge. five that's on huge. jungle queen, which took me from deep in last place to first place, which kept me a little alive. Cause I'd actually going into jungle queen with the people I was playing against. And that would have been my final strike. I assumed I was out. So I ordered the dessert stuff that I oh, normally for order, the family yeah. that I take home to the family from pizza West. <laughs> and then I went and played and on a ball five, I just blew ball five up and it's like, okay. And then I, I just, there were multiple games after that, that I just kept squeaking by. So, uh, it was a lot of fun. It worked out pretty well. I only had to play toy story like twice. Uh, and I won one and uh, I got a strike on one. Mm. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, the Ghostbusters was being pretty mean to people. Yeah. It was yeah. playing real that bad. One, that one last time felt like it was ultra rough. And Ghostbusters is never a particularly friendly game. Right. But it was like rougher than, I, I it had a couple of like, I know I had at least three shots uh, that it did not. Didn't register. That didn't register. I had, uh, I think at least, I think it's on two separate games, but I had two balls that straight down the middle, uh, feeding out of the left orbit. Yeah, like I had that happen once bent as well. or something because it's like uh, it, it shouldn't feed like that. But. Yeah, I had that happen once as well, but the ball save was still going, so mm. I, I, I was I was okay. But I I had three times, and it was always on skill shot to start the scene. The scene start skill shot where I hit it oh. clean. I hit it clean, no problem, and it did not register, hmm. uh, which greatly affects your score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The scenes are somewhat important. You're kind of in jail. It's like Star Trek. If you don't have a mission going, it's very difficult to earn many points. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my, uh, two. Well, weeks. good job. Congratulations. Oh, oh and I, and, and I've pretty much finished my college classes for this fall. All I have left to do is I have to give a presentation, but <clears throat> everything else is done. So I can, it's all coming together. It's all coming up pinball. Now, did you, in order to do that really solid game on Avengers Affinity Quest, watch the baby's first tutorial on Avengers Infinity Quest? No. No. Okay. So for listeners that don't know, Mr. Raymond <laughs> Davidson, who did, um, he does rules for Stern Pinball. He's a, he's a top pinball player as well. And after our last episode where... We talked about going to Nub's Pub, and I lamented how there was this video that <laughs> Raymond put out, a tutorial on Rush, but it was over 20 minutes long. And so I was like, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> and I didn't watch it. So, of course, I didn't know what I was doing on Rush. And so he who he is familiar with the Baby's First Series, which if you are on our Patreon, you also are familiar with my Baby's First Series. So he made a Baby's First. He even took the duck I use, which... 
I, in turn, had stolen from someone else. <laughs> he took my duck, he took my baby's first, and he did a baby's first rush tutorial, which I watched and was really good. I think there's a tone in it, a tone of just shoot the shot, just shoot the flashing <laughs> shot. You're kind of like a don't be dumb, don't be dumb. But so many people went and commented about how much they love the baby first tutorial. He did a baby's first Avengers and I saw it was out. He released it the day of the tournament. I didn't remember that Avengers was there. And otherwise I would have watched the baby's first Avengers. I don't think I saw it till the next day is the reason. Right. It's like, I could have used that because I had Avengers and I, I don't remember if I took a strike on it or not, but it would have been helpful to have a. So I think now he's, he's found himself that I think he, I think Raymond by default wants to do long form, highly detailed review videos. But now he doesn't understand that we all babies out in the world <laughs> and we all need a baby's first experience. So baby. So anyway, so there's a baby's first, uh, inspired by the baby's first memes that, that I do that are helping people become better pinball players. And you mentioned uh wristwatch revival. I've, we have a, a listener who, and I'll talk more about it when I actually am done, but he sent me a, a watch, a citizen eco drive watch that got like hit by a car. He found it in a road. Wow. And so I, I got uh polishing equipment for my birthday, like a, uh, you know, a bench style one. So I've been trying that. And this is going to be baby's first uh, case restoration because actually I'm pretty happy with the case of the watch. The case back though, had some deep gouges and I think this was probably at the point where you can't really buff that out. Well, right. Cause I'm like, I'm trying not to lose text on it, but like trying to take it down with really aggressive brushes and stuff. It just, it still, it just doesn't look good. Uh, but it's the back. So anyway, it's, All an you're doing the, it's got character. You just want to take well, the, you want to take the edges off. So you're not slitting your wrist. When you right. Right. On. And it's, it's now where it doesn't. Yeah. Obviously it's not because I've focused more on some areas than others. It's not the smooth. It's not even it's smooth, but it's, it's not flat. Ah, uh, I, no, I, I stopped before. Like there's still scratches. <laughs> and I'm like, I think the only solution to this normally would be to weld more metal onto it would be the answer. And right. And there are people that do that. Like yes. if cases are over polished, you can send them in to people who will like micro weld metal back on to restore the original shape. It is not cheap, but you know, if you have a Rolex, maybe you want to do, <laughs> maybe you want to do that. If it actually got polished that much by, by like an amateur. Right. So anyway, uh, so there's, so I've been doing that and I've been playing a lot of far cry six, which was a, a game I got back on my birthday, but because of this sort of like four day weekend with Thanksgiving, I've actually been able to invest a whole lot of time. Um, and so my, my last of my updates would be, uh, so for the 5k we have next month, I don't remember. I mentioned it last time. Like I I've injured, it feels like almost like sciatica or something. I was jogging and like, right when my leg landed at one point, it felt like all of a sudden I, I hurt myself, like pulled them up, not bad, but like pulled a muscle. Um, and it's like, okay, well, what, what could this be? And it hasn't gotten better or at least not noticeably better fast. So it's not a muscle because my muscles don't take that long to heal. Plus <laughs> any muscles I touch feel fine. And it also, once my leg is warmed up, it feels fine. So it's not like a, uh, a, a, a micro fracture to the bone. It's not feeling like that. Either. Right. So I think uh, just because of, doing the same motion and path over and over and over. I have pinched a nerve a bit and it started to feel better this weekend, but it's still there. 
Uh, so I've scaled myself way back. Like instead of doing the route I was doing, I'm doing a much flatter route. And if I've only been going two miles right, uh, to minimize the impact on it while not because I don't want to fall back to where I am out of breath in the first mile <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm like, okay, it, it hurts so much because uh, I can do the two and I don't other than my my leg being a little stiff afterwards. It's been okay. So Yeah, no. Uh, once that's over, no more Patreon requests for runs. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to say that right now. All right. So intros are out of the way. Let's get into pinball. We do have a few items I want to go, go over. We have an email that I want to respond to that we should have done last episode. And through my sheer ignorance, just completely forgot to paste it into our notes. Uh, so I did this time, but, but we'll do that towards the tail end. So let's cover the news first and let's start with Stern Pinball. Uh, just a couple of production items I thought might be of interest to the listeners. First one is uh, James Bond, the Gomez design game. The pro models are now finally shipping. In fact, I read that here in Kansas City, we already now have two locations with Bond. They just got them within the last week. Right. I saw um, I saw that 403 had them. Yes. And then the other one, I cannot recall if they stuck. You know, it's at Nubs. I was going to say, it's either Pizza West or no, it's Nubs. I, I don't remember what, because I looked at the photo because I wanted to see which game did they pull. I'm not sure which one they pulled. Hopefully it was, you know. You know, yeah, I know which one you wish was. <laughs> we won't, we won't say it. I don't want to hear from Raymond. Uh, <laughs> all right, so oh, and another thing. So the uh, the home edition games that they do, Star Wars and Jurassic right. Park, those are about to be built, and that's often the case that they build them like before Christmas because I assume that's when they see the surge in sales on those. However. What was interesting, and I learned this from, from Zach Minnie when we did the, who was a distributor, and we did the pinball show last week. These are the last calls on both of those. They're discontinuing those home home edition pins. Now, Star Wars has been out for a number of years, but Jurassic Park only had one other build, Jurassic Park Home Edition. It was last year. And I just remember because when they onboarded Jack Danger to, because he's working on a corner store right. now, they had noted about what like what a great seller it was. It's, but they're only they only it's, it's going to have two runs total. So I, I just found it a little I mean, maybe by home pin standards, it was a great seller. But clearly it's not it's either not great enough to keep. around. Well, no, that's clearly not great enough to keep around. Otherwise, they'd yeah, if it's a licensing issue, they're still doing Jurassic Park uh, uh, Elwin editions. So right. Clearly, that's not it. So um, but we have to remember they raised the price on those things. Like they are priced above what I bought Star Trek for new back in 2015. See, so, that's insane. Yeah, they're up to old, not super old pro prices, old pro prices. Yeah, it's uh, and why 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 get that when you can? I mean, two thousand dollars is two thousand dollars, but I think a lot of people are are probably saying, you know what, I'd I'd rather have a pro, right? Than, than all the you know simplified like early 90s or late 80s rule sets that come on the home home. It's the home editions are a great idea. They're way too expensive for what they are, though. In, they my, are. in my opinion. My opinion. So I did like, I think it was the Star Wars that had a ball catch where you could catch mm. a ball in it and then and then knock it out later. I liked yeah, that. and Jurassic Park had a really cool feature as well. I think it was like a like a, a jumping ramp sort of thing. Not like a lame one like Raza either. Right. But like a, one that made sense. But anyway, and you know, it is what it is. Uh, speaking of ising what ising, uh, Chicago Gaming Company. So we talked last episode about how we had seen on Nap Arcade that there were some rumblings about 
The toppers were too big. Well, didn't fit on top of the right, machines. That was what you had read between the lines and figured right. out. Well, I guess the the shrink ray from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids has been perfected because reports have now come out from CGC that they are shipping. There's, there's no shrink, CCR. There's no shrink ray. They, they, they just took them all to a bench pr- to a bench <laughs> no, top grinder, no. and they just grinded that, the edge. My, and they ground ba- my the ba- edges down. My baby's first polishing was fix these for us. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. I took my they, they I took my satin brushes and just went, and then I used my deburring brush and went, and then I was like, and I used the blue polishing compound, which says on the thing, "This is good for plastic." That's what I did. They just took three wheels. Worked it down. Yeah. Be like, be like that guy you see on on YouTube who who starts with like three grit polishing compound and goes yes. to like one point nine million grit <laughs> polishing compound, just polishing something until it's got a mirror like. Finish. I found this. I found this rusty uh, plant staking pole. Now it's a samurai sword. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what the? What the? I remember the part where you folded the metal thirty times. What the heck? Some of these people are very impressive. Um, anyway. It's too expensive for me to be build my own smelt. Uh, <laughs> that's my that's my shield for not doing it. So anyway, so good news for CCRLE uh, fans. We actually are. I don't know if you had spoken to him at the same time. I was talking to someone at the tournament you got second in, and he had actually had an order in for CCRLE, and I believe he said he moved it to another CGC game because of how long this wait was to get the LE, which I mean, it's been over a year it has, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we've, we've often criticized uh, productions that take over a year. Um, another little item uh, that I, I wasn't going to spend because, because I've been critical of the format for quite a while, but I don't want to just like turn this into a, a wine fest, but so the twippies, the, this week in pinball yep. awards, those are the pre-voting is underway. I, I have not and am not pre-voting. I'm actually not planning to vote at all, but FYI for those that care. Um, they're not, there was an interview on Loser Kid uh, with Will Oedding, who is running it this year. Jeff isn't. Uh, Will is running running the awards. And I guess from, at least unless they change their mind, they've dropped doing a live stream entirely. It's just going to be at TPF. And I guess they're going to record it and throw a VOD up after at some point. But hmm. he on the episode, the episode is really interesting. And uh, so I recommend if you're not already subscribed to Loser Kid, go and search in your just search in your favorite podcatcher and subscribe to Loser Kid because they do a really good podcast and it's a good interview. But he really just came out and uh, and full kudos to him for being super transparent about. It. But Will was just like, I'm here to temper expectations. Like. This isn't the Golden Globes. Don't come dressed up to this. I mean, you can if you want to, but don't try and like make this a gala event. Uh, we're not, we're still working on the hosting. It sounds like a moto is actually going to be back to hosting again, but they're looking for a second host. Uh, other because it was her and Jack Danger last time. And I guess they're, I've been hearing from other people like Jeff Teolis. I know he had noted on social media, he had been approached about hosting the Twippies and he said, no, um, uh, Dr. Penn, uh, who uh, we've had, we've had his wife, Mrs. Penn's pinball podcast mm-hmm. host on our show before he hosts over with uh, Chris Franchi and uh, Jeff Parsons, the super awesome pinball show. He was approached and said, no. So they're trying to find someone. Um, I mean, they could end up doing a solo, uh, you know, just a moto, I suppose, but I, I don't know if they found someone yet or not is my right. point. But anyway, it was just like, it's going to be here. It's going to, we're going to do it at TPF. 
Um, I think it makes sense to dial things back. The, the whole live stream attempts and stuff from last year, they had big issues with the preset videos. and they, There were so many issues with last year's that it makes sense to dial way back on that kind of thing. It, there, I mean, last year's was the worst ceremony I have ever seen for them. And that, uh, I mean, and that goes a long way saying it was worse than the first one. Right. And the first one was, was just rough. Like just in terms of that was like, what was that? Zach and Greg were in a basement and it that one was only live stream. Now, if you mean like the first, like the first time it was at the, at the Texas pinball festival as well, you know, I thought that one went fairly well, but that was like the third year at that point. Right. Um, I don't disagree about doing the scaling back. I do disagree that the strategy here, like it wouldn't have been my strategy. My strategy would have been drop doing it at TPF and go back to doing it live stream. You're compromising so many. I mean, what's the goal for it would be the question. Like if the goal is to celebrate pinball, you're going to reach way fewer people doing it as a live event. No one ain't no one going back and catching the VOD. So they're going to go in. They're going to read it after they're going to read baby's first summary and they're going to know the results the whole point of live streaming, even if you pre-record it and put it out like as a YouTube premiere, is so that everyone in the chat is learning things at the same time and they're all in the event together. That obviously isn't going to happen because the results are going to leak out as soon as it happens at TPF, right. even if you choose to hold back on publishing. So I would have said, don't do it. If it's too hard to do both, do it online. That would have been my recommendation. That's you see that. That's not the way they're going. I I, I'm sure TPF really wanted it at TPF because it, it's a you know it's an event that will like suck three hours of time in the seminar block. So yeah, I, and I think it's a huge draw. We we've seen that every time we've I, been there. There's, there's I don't know if I'll time. I don't know if I'll go after last year though. And and I've I mean, the side effect of the tempering of the expectations is I don't expect it to be a good show. It was so bad. I should have walked out. It was so bad. Yeah. Half of people did. Yes, they did. And so, uh, no, give, there were so many issues last year. It was, it was so rough. And there were and there were issues for the online folks too. So, anyway, I'm not. I get it. Will's trying to make it s smooth and and okay, but you know, and I've already had I have problems with how the you know they explained the voting. I'm still not convinced that they're doing any actual meaningful steps to prevent fraudulent votes um and i get it it's hard that's why i hate people's choice is because you're inviting ballot stuffing through yeah. services and everything like checking email addresses and ip addresses is not enough when these services just pay you pay a service and they send in people to go in and vote individual real human beings are doing the votes it's not a bot right they go in and they they get something for it compensation in one way or another and they're all on their own ips and they all have their own email addresses that's how it works and there ain't really a way to detect it unless you were to like pre-invite the people to vote. And that's not people's choice. So anyway, that I'm muling. Uh, but anyway, for those that are interested, it's out there. Uh, if you want to ask for EGP votes, you can. I'm not because I don't I just don't care. I don't I I don't care. I don't think this award is prestigious. So I say this. Everybody should vote for you know, the part that I've always had a problem with it, uh, and I, you know, I've talked about it every year, and you're probably like, Dennis, you talk about it every year. But the thing, you know, the thing that sealed it for me was the year when Coin Op Carnival, that publication that Ryan Clater and Nick Baldridge oh, did, yeah. lost to Pinball Magazine's newsletters. Pinball Magazine didn't even have an issue out. It Even the Pinball Magazine 
editor was like, this doesn't really make sense. I'm like, no, except your magazine is very famous and people voted the name instead of just not voting at all. And a publication that was well-written, well-researched and well-drawn didn't win. And I was like, this is why it's flawed. This is it's flawed. Anyway, that was my, that was the turning point where I was like, no, uh, any evidence I need is shown right here that some email lists newsletter. I mean, that's how they justified it it being allowed to win uh, because it's like, there was no magazine out. Why is it? But that's not what people were voting. They were voting. They they remember the magazine because the magazine's good, but there wasn't a magazine that year. So anyway, so and I use that because not only is it a travesty, it's a transition for my next topic, which is drained the newest module that Nick Baldrich has designed for the P3. Now this is his fourth game that he's done for the P3. He's got one that's not publicly commercially available quest for glory, which is the first one I was aware of him working on. Then he has the available ranger in the ruins, which is his roguelike. And then he's also got that silver falls, which is similar Sims. Like, can I say is Sims a genre? I mean, Sims like, yeah, I guess it's like a life simulation. Yeah, lights. Yeah, thingy, mabobber. Yeah. So now, drained is a vampire themed uh, game, but it's also a module. This is the first time that a third party module has been released for the P3, and of course, Nick is the one who does it. <laughs> right, <laughs> because, because he's the one doing the majority of the third party work. It feels the, like it. I it, mean, it, I, I, that, he, it, that's what it seems like. Is that anytime you hear about third party? Uh, and the P3, it's Nick. Well, P3 is one of those systems that Nick's really passionate about. Right. So he invests a lot of his project time into it. And I, and we've talked about this before, of course. So again, I don't want to go on ad nauseum on everything, but you know, one of the things that from like a developer standpoint, I can see the attraction of having something like P3 where so much of the system is already in place. And so you're, it's not like coming up with a cabinet from scratch and the back box from scratch and all, you know, all those other elements, those things are solved for you already. Mm-hmm. You can focus in on a game either with a layout that already exists or in this case, Nick's like, I want to do my own layout. So the thing is, and I have a link in the show notes to the trailer uh, video, which is really, I like the music in it. It's very Castlevania. Uh, so like eight bit or 16 bit Castlevania style. Um, but in terms of features, this is an EM inspired game. So it's got, <laughs> which so. again is very Nick. Yes. It's very Nick. So it's got a knocker. It's got a bell. It has a, a gobble, an actual gobble. I don't mean like a pretend gobble hole. The ball fell into the play field and then it popped up somewhere. That's a subway, guys. Gobble hole takes the ball out of play. Yes. I did see someone online. I think it was on Pinside ask if the gobble hole meant that the ball fell through to the cabinet. Uh. That's not practical. (laughs) Nick responded really nicely about how gobble holes work. Dennis wouldn't be so nice to be like, are you kidding me? Yes. The balls just fall into the the cabinet. That thing already, already, how much does the P3 system weigh? Like 9,000 pounds? I don't know. I rounded up. But, but. Yeah, now it's 10,000 because it's full of balls down there. Just a pile of balls. Just a pile of balls. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's everywhere. It's like, how many balls does the trough on the P3 hole? It's like 14 or something. I was like, well, it has to. Otherwise, you'd be constantly <laughs> opening it every time you put a ball in the gobble hole. It's down in the cabinet, rolling around on the speakers and stuff. 
I swear. Okay. Anyway, so it does. It has a gobble hole. Uh, it's a single level layout, uh, symmetrically designed in, the, in terms of well everything, yeah. the whole thing, including the module. Obviously, uh, it does have sweepable drop targets, and I think he did this with Ranger in the Ruins as well. My, I don't remember on Silver Falls, but there's also streamer integration. So if you're like live streaming the game, Twitch or whatnot can actually send commands to do stuff during the game. So. So that's the basics of it. Go ahead and take a look at it in the trailer if you want to see more. There is supposed to be a gameplay live stream, I think Monday, but obviously Monday is not when this episode comes out, so we're not able to comment right. on the gameplay because that hasn't happened yet. Uh, I will note, though, the kit is $3,500, and it does require a $2,000 deposit, and that's probably the where we need to have a conversation, Tony. Uh, because that's, I mean, it's a lot. I I believe this is less than the Weird Al module, but to me, this is an interesting, so I'll start with my thoughts and then you can can chime (laughs) in because I I think Tony's eyes got a little wide when I I told him the pricing. Um, And obviously, I'm sure Nick had to factor in, like one of the things I, I wondered was, how was this going to work if someone made a third-party module? Was was Multimorphic going to build it? Uh, well, that's it a cur- that was a question. And, and no, it you like Nick has a I believe it's four amusement only games like set up as a like as a I don't know if it's an LLP and an LLC I don't remember, uh, but he has his own company set up for this. So you have to buy. I mean, it's truly third-party. You have to buy it. He has to handle the order. He has to handle however he's going to have it built. All of that goes through the third party. So it is truly third party. The issue like commercially that comes up for someone like me is you can get a lot of, at least last I looked, and I did do a little bit of research again uh, with pin side pricing averages out of the top 10 EMs and you can get functional EMs for under 3,500 is the issue. So one of the like commercial challenges that I think is interesting, this, this is obviously going to explore is if you're talking about EM style gameplay, how competitive is a module versus when the games are actually full games or cheaper? Because with everything else with Multimorphic, the, the advertising thing is the module is less than buying a new pinball machine. That is still true with this, but people aren't buying new EMs. They buy old EMs. So you talk about a whole EM pinball machine and they're under you know $2,500 and adding an extra thousand is an interesting question. Now, that being said, while this is EM-esque, it isn't an EM game, obviously. It's still using the screen. It's still using the P3 stuff. So there is modernity in it. It's not like here's literally an EM game. Uh, You're not having to worry about the maintenance and upkeep on an EM, which is very intimidating to a lot of people. So there's that aspect. Plus, there's also what I have to call the P3 factor. There are people who are already committed on P3 systems that, and this is my judgment this is my estimation there are a number of those people that hunger for anything that adds value to their system and i think there are a number of them that will buy everything regardless honestly if they are interested in the style or skeptical of the style i think they'll commit because they need more things to justify the initial investment into the system and this is obviously something that will give them yet another module that they can enjoy what do you think I was looking at it. it. It is the the same price as Weird Al. Thirty five hundred is what oh, is they it? have listed okay. on the website for Weird Al. Okay, and I mean it's always the problem that we've had with P three. 
is, is the cost. Uh, I'm looking at the pictures of it now. It looks interesting. The question is, is it worth 3500 And I think to people with a P3, it might be. That's always going to be the issue is when you decide you're done with P3, you have to sell everything. I, my my take is, given some of the social media posts and stuff, is Jerry, the who owns Multimorphic, like the goal is to make people never want to get rid of the system. Right. Like he doesn't want the systems to be bought. And so I don't know if he, you know, cares all that much, but like, it's not his goal to have them trade hands. Like second market value shouldn't matter. Everyone who buys a P3 should own the P3 forever because we keep putting out new stuff for it. And then as the audience grows, you might be able to horse trade on modules and stuff. But again, their business model is advantaged by people not selling the modules right. also because they would rather sell them direct than have people like, Hey, I'll, I'll trade you my cosmic cart racing module. If you'll trade me the weird Al module sort of thing, you know, that doesn't make them any money. Just like secondary sales don't make any pinball companies. Any right. Money. And I mean, that that's, that's the reason so many on the video game side, so much stuff is going to the digital download because then there mm. are no secondary sales. Right. There, you don't have that entire used market. You'd have to anymore. sell your whole Steam account, right? Uh, and nobody wants to buy my Steam account. No, not after you bought all those Valve games. <laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, the price, like I said, is always the catch out thing. I said I'm looking at the pictures. It looks cool. I love sweepable drop targets. Mm. Uh, uh, I love that there's a knocker. Heck, I love that there's a gobble hole. I, I I find that hilarious in a machine at this day and age. Even though, as I recall, when I actually play games with them, they're rage-inducing. <laughs> and the price is the same conversation we've had multiple times. But I think, like you said, you get a, you actually get a fairly large amount of mechanical stuff with this one compared to some yeah, of the no, others. I, I get it. It's the factor is the the EMS. You know, there are a lot of people that do not like EM style games. The interesting thing to me is, uh, let me go from interesting to the question to me is, are the people who really like EM style games? Also P3 owners, or is the P3 like the antithesis of what they like about EM style games? Uh, I don't know that it's mutually exclusive like that. I, I mean, obviously Nick loves the P3. Right. And he's made some of the best games on P3 so far. I actually haven't played any of his games. I thought well, they had the Ranger and the Ruin at one of the places. I, if they did, I didn't play it. I didn't see it or I would have. Maybe I'm misremembering. I've only because I've only played his uh, multi bingo is the only thing I've worked on, worked on, worked on. I'm going to design the multi bingo. I don't know. I I did terrible. He he was nice enough not to say I sucked at the bingo, but I did. (laughs) I did like the multi bingo. That that was. I didn't. I did terrible at it. Oh, but and I you can like you can be terrible at something and still enjoy it. No, I'm only I only like things I'm good at. Well, don't worry. <laughs> Most of the rest of the world That's right. agrees See, with you. See, I represent the common man. I <laughs> I can enjoy things Aww. that I'm bad at. After all, if I didn't, I wouldn't enjoy anything. Oh, that's not true at all. But definitely, I, 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 I would like to play it. Yeah, no, I want to play all of these. It's unfortunate that, uh, you know, because it's a third party thing, and this is a guess. I don't know if this is true or not, but like I don't unless someone unless an owner or Nick is at, say, TPF, for example, would Jerry put drained in one of the lineups when they're trying to sell the first party things? I would assume no. So that's where 
I why I don't think I've ever seen the third party mm. stuff is the third I parties was misremembering games. The game I was thinking of that we played was the Sorcerer's Apprentice oh, game. And that's first party. That's first party. Yeah. My apologies. I was incorrect. So, because I, I always look, because I want to I want to try all of Nick's games, so, because even though... Well, I, there's an obvious answer to that. You need to buy a P3. I need to go to York. Oh, well, going to York would be cheaper. I think he's always at York. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean... I'm not buying a P3. It would be cheaper. I am, I'm not buying a P3. I am not in the, I am not in the market for the P3, uh, and I probably never will be, but... I mean, it would be cheaper to fly... <laughs> and rent a obviously, hotel room for a few days. Obviously, <laughs> like like fly first class, get a hotel, get a nice hotel room for a few days. Do you know how play. many Halloweens I could buy for a pizza? <laughs> Do you have any idea? Do you have any idea? <laughs> Throw in an Ultraman; they're even cheaper. Yeah, even cheaper. Um, yeah, no, but you know, some of the games I like, some of the games I don't like. Um, you know, we've always said our our thoughts on it. It's just anyway, it's it's a really cool achievement. So congratulations to Nick for for accomplishing this and just trailblazing what third parties can do yeah. on the system. I'm deeply excited by the fact that there is a third party module. I think that is a big positive overall for mm-hmm. the system. I think it speaks to the promise of what the system is, has wanted to be for a long time right. and to see someone actually do it shows to others that it's, a, it's an achievable goal. If you, if you want to, if you want to do it as well. So correct. So anyway, so I think we've spent enough time on that, especially since we haven't seen any gameplay yet. So I've only got one other Notable item, and this is the email I mentioned. So Jeff K wrote into us quite a while ago, and we will deal with this now. So he says, listening to your recent discussion of the features on Stern's Bond made me think about the features on some of the older games that Stern is still producing. I'm currently trying to decide between Jurassic Park Pro versus Premium and was curious to see what both of you would purchase if it was your money. It seems like the only extra gameplay feature on JP Premium is the Raptor Gate, as the ball-eating T-Rex and helicopter blades do not actually change how the game plays at all. Bonus points if you would both take the time to go through all of Stern's current production lineup and which version you would choose for the money. All right, so thank you, Jeff, for writing in. And I listed out by just going to their website. These are the ones that were still listed on the website, so I'm treating them as current, even though they have happened to already have their final runs. I note that because I've heard like TMNT may be done now. I'm not clear So anyway, so we'll just run through these and we'll say whether we would choose the pro or the premium. Bear in mind, we have not played all of these games. We've played most of them, uh, but we might not have played both of the versions. So some of this could be very speculative, you know, caveat, caveat, caveat. Uh, and we'll get to Jurassic Park in the list, so I won't, right. we won't start with it. But let's start with the one we haven't played either of, 007. I'm not going to choose because I have no idea. I will. I'm going to choose the pro because I'm here to make hard takes. That's what the people want. Oh, that's that. That's what it is. Plus, I'm very bothered by what was discovered by the super sleuthing of Ron Hallett Jr. over on Slam Tilt Podcast and them hooking up both pop bumpers to fire at the same time because they ran out of spots on the node board or whatever for the premium version. I'd forgotten about so, that. So for that reason alone, I am taking the pro. Plus, I've heard feedback from other people like Travis Murray from Triple Drain Pinball Podcast, who we, you know, we have a messenger mm-hmm. discussion with, and his feedback has been that the pro plays better. And I trust his judgment. I mean, I'm because he's from Oklahoma. O- 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 That's o- how his trophy Oklahoma. is spelled. Oklahoma. I'm not surprised. 
I'm still not going to make judgment. No, of course not. I've, I've never been able to pressure you by making a choice into committing afterwards. You've already drew your line in the sand. So what does your line in the sand say about Rush? Because I've only played the... Pre- Wait, no. I think I have played the premium at TPF. See... But only once. I played the premium at TPF. And then all we've played here is the pro. Mm-hmm. It's a hard judgment. I have more time on the pro. And I don't know. I don't know because I really can't remember the differences at this point. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm finger tapping the table, which is just screwing Dennis's numbers up. My numbers are bad now. They're like, what is this? We've been having so many audio issues today. It, it is. It's been I, audio I blame issue. Windows 11 updating. I'm just going to go with Pro. I'm going to go with Pro because this is the one I've got the most time on. Uh, but I, I'll be flat on uh, Flat honest. I don't care for either of them. I don't care mm. for Rush. And I know you don't. Uh, I I would go Pro as well. My understanding is the premium does do a better job of explaining what to do during the game, but you just need to watch baby's first tutorial and yes. you'll know how to play the game anyway. You shoot the flashing shots. Yes. And I think all the core functionality is, is there in the, like if I were to buy one, I, I would only be looking at pros. So, so that would be my pick as well. Again, Godzilla. Oh, that's premium. Ah. The pros fun, but the premium is so much better. I mean, I kind of have to pick premium because that's what, what I bought. Got. Yeah, uh, but I have actually got a lot of time in on a pro. Yes, I've, I have as well. Pro plays harder, so if you're looking for a harder game, I would say definitely look at the pro. But I think the just the game state changes that the building mech alone provides. Right. Not to mention I, the bridge, uh, the dropping bridge. Uh, I could take or leave. Mecha Godzilla though, with a rotating bank, actually. It's a lot more fun than I realized, and it's a way easier shot on the premium. So it is. I, I, I but I the building premium. in Mechagodzilla is the reason. Yes, For I sure. I think so because it affects the diversion onto the ramps and how those flow. And it actually, there's strategy in terms of changing the building game state to help, like with Gigan ramping, for example. Right. There's a there's a reason you would want to lower it into ball lock position in order to make that an easier mode. So yes, I agree. Uh, Godzilla Premium, I think is it's it's worth it for the max. Yeah, uh, Mandalorian. I'm gonna go with Pro. I have more time on the Premium, uh, but I agree. I think here here's the thing: why I really come down to that. It is really cool to have the moving uh, upper play field. However, when you're in multi ball and that's happen, I mean. It's already just pure chaos. Right. I, I would save the money on the pure chaos and just not go with that. That whole little upper play field. I, I can take or leave that on pretty much any game that has something like that. Yes. And that's generally even my rule of thumb as well is I don't love upper play fields as a rule. That one is clever. It's right. It definitely is better thought out. I feel than a lot of other ones that I've experienced, but I, I still wouldn't spring the money for it no. versus the, I'd rather, the core the, the pros fine. Um, so Led Zeppelin. Have I played a pro? I have. I'm just going to say I've only played a pro. That's not true. I have played a pro at 403 and then nubs for a while had a premium, I believe, but, but I'd never activated the magic lifty right. gate. So I basically had a pro experience. Um, I know. I know like the one, I know I played the one at 403 once or twice, but it was always in, in 
like warm up. I don't think I ever actually got it in tournament play. Mm. Oh, I had it a few times. And yeah, I'll just go with pro. I think it's the safe bet. I will. I just can't remember the right. differences between them at this point because I've played it so little. I'm going to kind of quasi pull a rush and say, honestly, I don't think you should buy either of them. Uh, well, yeah. I don't think it's a very, I don't think it's a fun layout. Uh, the the rules have some interest uh, in them. I've heard some really you know better players than me explain the rules of Led Zeppelin, and but honestly, when we had it, most of even our top players at four hundred three didn't speak favorably. Like they just didn't like shooting it. There's nothing to do on the pro. So I, if you're gonna pick between the two, I would say get the premium. Uh, whether or not you want to activate the magic mystery spinny lift gate thing or not, saying that aside. I was just so irked by that upper flipper shot. That's a dead end shot on the pro instead of, instead of what is on the premium, which is a ramp shot that then feeds. I hate dead end shots like that. And uh, it's so Spartan. I just, I, if you have to have a Led Zeppelin, I would say get the premium, but I can see that. Uh, Avengers Infinity quest. Oh man. I don't know if I played the premium on this. I don't know if I've played the. That's why I, I actually called up pictures of the premium because it's got the subway ball lock thing for like the dr strange yeah i've not played a premium i've only played the pro and i enjoy it i enjoy it quite a lot Mm -hmm. so i'm i'll I'll just say pro because that's the one i enjoy yeah Yeah, because i'm looking at the pictures of the premium i've not played a premium infinity quest uh uh i've only played the pro but i enjoy it i i really enjoy the infinity quest it's one of those games that started out I didn't like it the first couple times I played it. Uh, and then as it got a little polish on it, I've come to enjoy it more uh, like several games, honestly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm in a similar boat. Uh, Avengers really didn't resonate with me uh, originally. As I put more and more time on it, I've, I've enjoyed shooting it a lot more and I would go pro as well on it. Uh, but, but noting that I just, because I've had fun on the pro, I, I don't know if the premium is better. I haven't played the premium. Uh, Toidles, TMNT. Uh, I've only played the one. The pro. The pro is the only one I've played. So I, it, it's hard to make a judgment because I've not played another the other version. Um, not even once now that I can think of. So I will go with the default judgment of just going with the pro uh, because it tends to be the better choice most of the time. But I'm not, I have no real, I've never enjoyed it. I know people really, there's people who really love it. It it plays right into that nostalgia. I am the key nostalgia target for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I just don't care. It it doesn't do anything for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm actually, I'm very similar. Like I don't, I don't have the same feeling about it that I do about Led Zeppelin, but this is not a game I would consider. Uh, I it's extremely brutal, which I find fascinating for a, a a a theme that is also still targeted for kids because I guess the toidles are still going on. Um, I've only played the pro. I would choose the pro over the premium because I have known others who have owned the premium model, and there have been a lot of complaints about the glider diverter and malfunction issues. And I don't know if those are all resolved or not but I would play it safe and go with the simpler mechanical version. If you don't want to do maintenance on the pen. Yeah. So that makes sense. So that's I it was, for, I was, I just, 
It was always weird to me that 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 was like a prime Tony Target nostalgia game, and it didn't touch. I, I, and then Godzilla to me is just it's everything. It's the whole package. It's 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 the right, license. Right, right. It's the game. It's everything. I don't know. Yeah. Just how it works out sometimes. It's how sometimes life is. Life finds a way. Speaking of life finding a way, so Jurassic Park. It's okay. Finally found its way into the list. You know, I don't know if I played the premium. I have. I, I played a lot of it when it initially released uh, in 2019. I went to Chicago mm. for work and they had it. And I dumped tons of money into playing it shortly after it released uh, when I was in Chicago. Uh, it was one of the things I spent the most time on. Um, and, uh, Honestly, I think I would, but I don't think it matters that much. Mm. They're both a lot of fun, um, and but and I don't think it it really matters too much. But uh, I I think I would take it the premium just because of uh, uh, the T Rex uh, is always going to be interesting. The one I've, I think of the one I've played the most most though has been the Pro. And I enjoy it too. It's just a good game. Yeah. I, again, I haven't played the premium at least uh, unless I played it one time at a show. Uh, I, I was actually before Godzilla came out, I was considering buying a Jurassic park and it was going to be a pro. So that would be my answer. I, I would caution on it. I've heard very good things about how the Raptor pit is on the premium. So for that reason, you might want to consider it. I personally felt that I would be very annoyed with the T-Rex flinging the ball and just adding that additional randomness on the premium. So I thought I'd also get tired of having to wait for that. So I'm sure you could disable it, though. So it's like, eh. Uh, I I was more curious about what I've heard about the Raptor pit versus anything else. But I think the Pro, which I have a lot of time on, is a very, very, very good game. Mm -hmm. So if I were buying, that would be what I I would be looking at. Uh, Deadpool. I've played both of these. I have played both Deadpools. Um, gosh, I like them both. I don't know that there's really a wrong answer with a Deadpool. Uh, I think I would go premium. Uh, yeah, I'd go premium just for the, for, for, for the extras and the, oh, I'm trying to remember. Which one had the better art package? Let me pull more pictures up. Didn't the premium have the blue? The premium was the blue. Yep, the premium was the blue. So I actually like the pro art package better because uh, I liked the red better. But I don't think you can go wrong with them either way. But I think probably, honestly, at this, with the art package and everything else, the question is just. What's the other big difference? I don't even remember the other big difference. Uh, I think one of the, uh, the like the orbit, head. the orbit shot, I think is different on the premium. The premium also has drop targets instead of those standups on the side. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you'd be perfectly fine with the pro. There's no reason to go. I don't think there's a reason to go premium uh, unless you just want the extra bits and like the blue. I could be forgetting something. Yeah, I. But. Yeah, this one's interesting for me. I, I would say I do feel the premium is the better game. But if I were buying Deadpool, I would just buy the Pro. Uh, it just depends if you, yeah, if you value those items. And I think, 
I, I think the premium just it looks a lot better, and I do think you get some gameplay aspects that are that are a bit stronger on it. But given the price differential at this stage, I I would still go pro. But but I either way, I think you'd be happy is why. Um, Iron Maiden. I cannot remember if I've played the premium. We had the pro for a long time at four hundred three. I don't think I've played a premium. I'm looking looking at the art package. I don't think I've played a premium. Um, which makes it hard to judge. I mean, I know everybody loves Iron Maiden. Uh, I seem to recall having a lot of problems with the one we had on a lot of ball hangups. We had a lot of balls that would get hung up in the back behind the, uh, that target that you would ramp up into. Right. Uh, I think the pro is fine. I think it's, I think it's more than enough for what you'd want out of said game. Uh, as good as the people like it, as good as everything is, it's not a game that I would put in my lineup. Right. right. Uh, uh, just because uh, I don't think it's amazing enough to make up for what I consider to be a lackluster theme. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. It's I would say it's definitely Elwin's most polarizing theme. It was his first game, of course, with Stern. I, I agree with you. I would probably just, again, bearing in mind, I, I don't, if I've played the premium, I have no memory of it. Uh, I feel the pro was very jam packed. I mean, it's a four flipper game. It's got all the key shots are still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that it's definitely safe to go with the pro. If you love it of all of Elwin's four games, which are all in production still. So we've now talked about all of them. This is the one I would least be interested in. Uh, and not even because of the theme. I just, I, there was probably a point where I would have put this above Avengers, but I'm at the stage now where I'm like, you know what? I'm more interested in what's going on in the rules with Avengers right. than I am with Iron Maiden. So, uh, so anyway, but they're all, I mean, it's like all his games, they're all good. So yeah, I think pro is fine on this. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Easy pro. Yeah. Uh, the the Groot. Oh man, the Groot's just such garbage. I, the Groot arms alone yeah. is like, it doesn't even make me want to play the premium. Yep. No, uh, I hate them. The, you basically, in my view, you give up nothing going pro on you. This might be. I think the, you gain going. Yeah. This <laughs> is this is to me. This is like the difference choosing between pro and premium of Game of Thrones, mm. where oh, that, pro yeah. is the obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, I I th- I'd say this is even stronger to me simply because I could envision someone actually preferring to have the upper play field on Game of Thrones. I can't envision a reason why you would prefer the setup on the on the premium guy to me this was the last game where the pro was such a clear winner that they shouldn't have even made a premium but but anyway uh and the last one that i had on the list is star wars star wars let's have i played a premium star wars i have not I don't think I've played a premium star i have wars. not we have had several on location yeah. and they've always been they've pro. always been pros it's all right. Here's the thing. Stern Star Wars does nothing for me. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm, t- I would toss this in with, with Zeppelin and turtles that yeah. I would, I would not be in the market for this game period. Uh, like Led Zeppelin again, this is another Steve Ritchie layout. It doesn't feel like there's a lot going on here. So I guess if you're a hardcore Star Wars fan, I would say, even though I haven't played it, I'd go premium so you can have the hyperloop. Right. Which at least is visually interesting, but um, I wouldn't buy this game. No. I I mean, that's the thing is I prefer other Star Wars games. 
Let's go with it that way. Yeah, I would probably rather get the the Daddy East one and throw Chad H code to sort of smooth out some of the the rougher aspects of like uh, shooting the ramp over and over. But mm-hmm. um, and I, li- I like I think Daddy East is probably the best Star Wars. I mean, yeah, the uh, the Sega one is I have played it a few times and it's you know, it's got the weird Sarlacc gobble hole. Well, it's not a real gobble hole. Sorry, sorry, Nick. It's not a real gobble hole. Uh, it's got the big huge hole, kind of like the Super Mario Gottlieb did. And I'm like, why is there this huge, super hole, big hole? I guess it's because it's the Sarlacc, but it's just, uh, yeah, I, the Data East one remains my favorite. There's a lot of rules depth to Star Wars uh, that you can really dive into, but I, the that layout and plunging into the targets and then left draining, mm-hmm. just honestly, it pisses me off so fierce that I don't think this game should, that game should not have, have left uh, the production line. I, I, the, I do not like it. The only thing that I find halfway interesting to me on Star Wars is a feature that I'm that I know we've seen on uh, on other games. I like the fast little U-turn shot. That's it. Uh where it around mm. real quick. I like that shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, where, I, where the tie fighter is. Right, right. Yeah, no yeah. that and the, isn't that where they have the little Ball lock, uh, that can hold the ball for, for mode select and stuff. Is that where that is? Little prongs pop up, or is that a shot to the side? I think that's a shot to the side remember. of it. I don't remember. I don't know. The, but, t- but the I mean, tie fighter on a spring. The, yeah. But, the pop but, bumpers you're never in. I, there's, there's this, nothing like I said. I like that shot just, just because I like any, I like those little, uh, those little shots where you put the, where the, where when you hit it just right, the ball just shoots you and it comes right back and mm-hmm. it's a quick reaction. It is stuff. fast. Like, I like Richie's that. games often are. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I, I I never, I could never get into it as a game. It's one of those things I played, but I was never, it never grabbed me. I was never like, oh man, Star Wars. I got to go play Star Wars. Anyway, uh, those are what I had listed as the current production. So Jeff, I hope you like hearing our limited thoughts. Um, that's it. I, I don't have any rumors. No, I'm out of rumors, guys. There's I've no heard. rumor. There's no rumor corner. I've got a rumor. Do you? All right, let me drop in the music. Okay, Tony, what's the okay. rumor? The rumor I've heard is that there's a shortage of sandpaper from sanding down the topper to fit on top. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, note that uh, rumor current rumors uh, may not be true. In fact, uh, it's probably safe to assume that they aren't true. Especially that one. All right. So that's your rumor corner. Guys, if you have other rumors, rumors that don't involve sandpaper, you can email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com and give us some rumors. I can't, we can't be coming here and just, you know, fabricating rumors for you because who knows what the quality would be if that were to happen. I don't know. It might be like somebody sandpapering down toppers to make them fit on top of a machine. Maybe it might be. So, uh, so video games, let's go into video games. Uh, I did want to note we had another email, uh, from Chris Chandler, who wrote in, he wanted to endorse for our listeners the Entropy Center. The Entropy Center for any gamers that are fans of Portal. Nick Sarr described it as a game you can't really talk about unless you've already played it. So anyway, if you're interested in Portal, you can check out a trailer of the Entropy Center and see if you like it. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at it. I haven't. 
I haven't played it, so I can't talk about it. So, all right, Tony. So, what is, what's the news? What's the news in in the video games? Video games, so interesting. Three people have been arrested from Square Enix. Why? For an investigation into insider trading. Uh oh. Including uh, the arrested include uh, Yuji Naka, better known as the father he, of Sonic. Birth Sonic. Yes, he's been arrested for insider trading. Uh, him, uh, another employee by the name of Taisuki Sasaki and a friend of Sasaki's have all been arrested for insider trading. Um, all three of them in like December of 19 going into Jan- into early 20, uh, bought large share amounts of shares in the development company aiming, uh, just before the announcement that aiming was working with square on the new dragon quest mobile title. Mm. And by buying shares, I don't mean like they bought a couple of shares. Right. Uh, Suzaki and his friend each acquired more than 20 million yen worth of shares. Uh, I think the total was 46 million yen worth of shares or 48 million yen worth of shares between the two of them. So that's between 144,000 and $200,000 worth of shares. And uh, 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 Yuji Naka. Uh, acquired 2.8 million dollar or million yen worth of shares, which is another 20 grand worth of shares. Okay, so these are sizable. <laughs> these are sizable investments that happened in the like three months leading up to their announcement when their stock exploded. Mm. Uh, and all three of them were working at Square and had some at least cursory involvement or would have had cursory knowledge of the project prior to announcement. So things are not looking so good as Sonic's rival Mario might say. Yeah. And this comes on top of uh, Naka had only been with square for a short time uh, just while they were working on ball and wonder world uh, before that game was released in its terrible uh, state. And uh, there's been a lot of animosity back and forth between him and square about it Hmm. uh, to the point where he said he little, told Square the game wasn't ready to be released and it needed more work. And they said, we're releasing it anyway. And then he like publicly stated that Square doesn't care about gamers and Square doesn't care about games. They're just trying to print money and they'll do whatever they want to print money. Uh, So there was a little issues there, but now he's in jail for insider trading. So (laughs) I guess Square in the end gets their revenge. (laughs) So uh, yeah, but no, I'm just, it's just one of those things. It's like, how do you not think that you're going to get found when you're making such major purchases? Like, like I can understand. It's like, oh, I just happened to buy, you know, a couple thousand dollars worth of stock in this company. Not, oh, I just happened to buy 20000 or a quarter of a million dollars worth of stock in this company just before we made the announcement. Oh, and I knew about it. Oh, that's weird. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. My, my only guess would be that maybe they didn't realize that insider trading was a thing that wasn't legal. <laughs> I mean, let's say I mean, it would explain it. It would explain the huge purchases and not like thinking whatever. Right. It's just and Martha stewarded it. Yeah. It's like, well, I, I didn't know that was, I was just like, I, oh, I was just like, Oh, I thought that's how, you know, when you get a scoop, you just do it. You that's just, right. Baskin Robbins style. Yeah. You two just, scoops. You just, I mean, it'd been one thing to set it up so that like, it's like, Oh, the announcements at 9am and I've got a buy scheduled for 901 a, mm-hmm. but 
Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Blizzard has backed off slightly on their SMS verification rules. They are now allowing prepaid phones. <sighs> so I mean, in some ways, that whole window of, of no cheaters can be closing. It could be. But at the same time, considering the large fraction of the world's population who utilizes prepaid phones. I I knew that would be the pushback is there actually are a lot of people that use prepaid. It's just, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, maybe it won't, maybe it won't be an issue. Maybe there aren't a lot of Smurfs that want to buy a bunch of pre, I mean, it's still a barrier to have to have a different phone number every time. Right. If they're blocking things like Google phone and stuff, which is free. Like, like that was one of those interesting. After the first conversation we had about their SMS several episodes ago, I just out of curiosity just asked around people at work, and I at least half of the people I work with run prepaid prepaid phones, mm. just because they're cheap and easy, and they don't use them that much, and they don't care. So I I, I was surprised. I didn't think the number would be as high as it actually was. So. Um, We'll see how that ends up working out for them. The big game release, the one that I had to run my daughters out immediately yeah. after school, pick them up from school and go straight to the store to pick up their copies of uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. AKA Pokemon Clay Mountain. Yeah. Because all the mountains look like clay. My, my eldest is <laughs> unhappy. She is a Pokemon fanatic, as you know, and as our listeners mm-hmm. have she heard. She spoke on this the, show about Pokemon. And she has already asked. She wants she, she wants to uh, either come on again or record a piece talking about this one after she gets some more time in on it. But right now, she's not playing it very much because the, the bugs and the oh, no. uh, issues are so bad. There's times where it's almost unplayable, uh, she has said. There, there, there are points where the frame rates drop to almost nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, I looked online and pe- seen people running uh, frame rates up showing under 20 FPS mm. at times while it's trying to load textures in the background. Uh, the draw distance, obviously there's a problem somewhere because they've made the draw distance so short that you'll be walking and there'll be nothing there. And then old trainer or a Pokemon will just appear like right next to you because the draw distance is so short. And I've seen some insane texture problems, like as bad, if not worse than some of the stuff that we saw in cyberpunk. Mm. Uh, there, there, there was one really humorous one I saw going around where somebody started playing and, and the, the, uh, opposing trainer's head like separated from their body and just flew straight at the screen and straight through the screen, like, like straight at you straight through the screen, just their head. And Jeez. Wow. <laughs> and, they'll have, like, and there's like ones where like their heads will just start rotating on their body, like vertically. And the, Oh, it's, it's got all sorts of issues. She says it's kind of funnish, but there are a lot of ongoing uh, issues. Uh, enough that she has not just been hardcoring that game like she normally does. She's been playing it for a while and then just like, nope, I got to take a break. This is just too. And the big thing is, is the previous Pokemon game, the Legends Arceus, had a, a bunch of complaints about the environmental assets and and the quality of stuff. And it is just so much better than Scarlet and Violet. The quality on Arceus is so much higher than Scarlet and Violet. It, it 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 is it is rough, and for it to be having load time issues and texture issues on a system 
as advanced as the Switch. I I don't know. I don't know. Is it is is it poor design? Is I, it is I, it sloppy? What little I've seen yeah. in the gaming Reddit's uh, are people thinking that it just was so rushed that it's not been it's not efficient. Yeah, obviously it's not efficient if it's straining the system resource. I don't know. They should probably rename it to Pokemon Black and Blue as much as it's getting beat up. It is. It is. It it is probably it is taking more fire than any Pokemon game I've ever seen take fire uh, online. Uh, But there's a lot of uh, a lot. I heard someone say that their speculation was Pokemon games always drop in November. So that was the date. And like they for whatever reason, they chose not to move it. I I mean, I could see them wanting to get it out before Christmas for the sales, but they still could have bought like another month. But nope. Pokemon comes out in November. Yep. It's like, you know, I don't know if that should be a thing at the expense of whatever this and that, is. That's the exact same thing I've seen that Pokemon comes out in November and it's that's when it when it dropped. And I'm sure they'll polish some of it up, but the question is, is how much will they polish and how much will they just walk away? Uh and I don't know. Uh Game Freak has never really that I've seen done a whole lot of major work on the back end, but they've never had to do a whole right. lot of major work on the back end. Typically Pokemon games are very formulaic and released very uh, clean in all honesty, hmm. but not this one. Apparently not. Unfortunate. So, but eldest will go in there and have a conversation about it at some point. Uh, I'll either bring her for one of these or we'll record separately, yeah. whichever she's most comfortable with. Yeah. Um, have her trash it. Just have her. Ah, I, just, I hate poke. Yeah, she'll never say that. Poke non. <laughs> she'll never say that. It might not be her favorite Pokemon, but she still loves Pokemon. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet <laughs> stole my childhood. <laughs> Papa, why did you do this to me? You made me do it. Why did you make me do it? No, I I will say in one other bit of hilarity. Uh, the popular format for making Pokemon games harder is to run a Nuzlocke challenge, mm. uh, which we've talked about in the past, which is like a permadeath uh, type challenge. Uh, but apparently one of the preeminent Pokemon streamers uh, who's known for his uh, Nuzlocks and everything has already said one of the starters in Scarlet and Violet, uh, just ban him. Just, just, just ban that character from your Nuzlocke. Just refuse to use him because he makes it so easy mode because that one character uh, has type advantage against like the like five of the hardest things in the game and it just dominates. Hmm. He, he did he did a 20-hour Nuzlocke and used pretty much just that character. Had no issues at all. So he didn't lose a single character because he was just so much... <laughs> so bad of a matchup or so overpowered uh, compared huh. to how everything was set up. So um, we'll finish video games here with a, with a quick look for some good news. We've had a rest for insider trading. We've had big game releases with problems. And now we've got a big game release that went really big. And I haven't really heard anything terrible about, God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I haven't seen negative stuff on it. I haven't seen any real negative stuff on it, but it sold 5.1 million copies well, in the first week. Sony's it, happy. Yeah, it is the fastest selling PlayStation game to date. So, uh, congratulations. I Yay. mean, to be fair, it 
games are always going to end up like because there's always more and more machines out there, and especially since yeah, but still. since it's available on the four on, on what PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five or three and whatever they are, what are is it is four and five, four and five, yeah, four and five. Uh, that of course there's going to be a lot of availability and it's going to sell more, but yeah, no, that's still five point one million in a week. That that is a lot of games sold. Uh, that is a popular series. Mm-hmm. So, yay, yay! That's what I got for video games. There's not there. I mean, there's other stuff. There's always other stuff. But this was the more interesting. This is the low, just the low before the Christmas storm, before the Game Awards. Yep, the Game Awards where we get all the Game Awards and all the announcements, and before we all the trailers, before we start seeing the real big hits coming down on the whole Activision Microsoft merger. I'm expecting that to start ramping up here before too long Mm -hmm. since we're looking at, we're coming up on what the six month mark to when it's supposed to go active. Yep. Cause it's a summer summer of summer of next year. So I think the investigations will start ramping up even harder than they already have been. So, uh, but that's all we have for today. All right. Well, if people want to reach out to us, especially if you have rumor corners for us, email eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com or you can go to facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash eclectic underscore gamers. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers, which and I remembered this time and I didn't yeah, say right. it last time. Well, no one cares. We haven't streamed anything recently or tweeted, or we might get to drop the tweets here soon. If, yeah, the way if Elon ooh, doesn't get done. The way that I actually considered. That's been so insane. I actually considered adding that to the video game section, and then yeah. I decided I didn't want to yeah, deal with no, it. No, no, that might be that'll be <laughs> with a, a really lull episode. Well, we might tackle that because that's been crazy. That's yeah. that's almost been a video game of its own right. Yes. Just watching it. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, until uh, two weeks from now, my name is Dennis. I'm Tony. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.